This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. My name is Jeff Woods. I'm the vice president here at the One Thing team. When we look at everything that we do from training, whether that be individual trainings, corporate trainings, it always points to one thing, one specific tool that if you adopted in your life truly would make everything else easier or unnecessary. Today, we get to sit down with somebody who lives by this tool to get her perspective of what this looks like to live from it, also to coach other people to it. She lives this so intensely that this is actually her career. She is a business coach inside an organization, and her job is to hold people accountable to this one thing every single week. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. So with that, Claire, welcome. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. So what tool are we talking about? So we're talking about the 411. Okay. So people have heard 411 and they go, okay, what what is a 411? How would you describe it to them? So I would describe the 411 as a tool that helps you gain clarity on the difference between your 20% and your 80%. 80% usually ends up on a long to-do list versus your 20% that's actually going to produce the majority of the result that you're looking for. That seems really simple, yet... Why is it so why is it so revolutionary for people when they start doing it? I think it's revolutionary for a couple of reasons. The first reason is that when you write it down, you can let yourself off the hook a little bit less easily. Mm. Um, and the other thing is because I think it really helps people understand that a lot of the time we just like feeling busy. And so a lot of our 80% feels good because it feels like we're doing things when we're not actually getting anything done. How were you first introduced to the 411? I was first introduced to the 411 a few years into uh, my career at the organization that I'm currently with. And um, someone really just took the time to sit down and show me how the 411 worked. And my job was going to be to hold other people accountable using this tool. And I was like, well, I guess I should probably use it as well. Yeah. And you said you were already a few years working with this organization. Mm-hmm. What was your initial reaction when you realized that this tool was actually available? Uh, It was a little bit different than what I thought it was all those years prior. I had had the misconception that it was just another to-do list, and I had plenty of those already. Uh, And then when I started using it, surprise, what happened was I actually started reaching goals. And I was like, oh, I guess this works pretty well. Go into that a little bit. 
Well, um, what it forces you to do is get clarity. And so um, the way that I did that is by making my annual plan, which I had done every year prior. But the thing about making the plan is that most of the time it like goes in a drawer. And then at the end of the year, you pull it out and you're like, oh yeah, those were great ideas. (laughs) Like, How much of that did I actually do? Usually not very much. Mm -hmm. And so what it took were those really great ideas and actually caused me to do them on a regular basis rather than not at all. Got it. And and for people who are listening to this or watching this, you're saying, okay, 411, what's up with the title? How would you describe that to them? I have, I have our answer. I'm curious what yours is. Okay. My answer is uh, that we have four weeks, one month, one year. Okay. 411. Yeah. Um, we also, if you look it up in the dictionary, it stands for the relevant truth or information. Like if people say, hey, what's the 411 on that? It's about not what's everything that's happening in your world. What is the relevant information as it pertains to your goals? Yep. Cool. So walk us through the mindset or what does the rhythm of a 411 look like first and foremost? The actual when you're, meeting? When, when you're coaching people to this, what does that look like? So really it has to start with the annual plan. So we really can't have an effective 411 until we have an annual plan. And that could be for your business world. That could be for your personal world. Um, so once we've identified the big goal and then we have our priorities, we're going to break that down into strategies that we can take action on on a regular basis. And so the 411 is really mainly comprised of those strategies. Okay. So what's the mistake that you see most people making when they goal set before being trained on what a 411 really is? The biggest mistake on goal setting is some combination of undershooting or overshooting, Hmm. right? And then usually not having um, like a smart goal, something that's specific, measurable, et cetera. Um, It's usually just like do more than I did last year. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? How do we know if you've actually done that? If you do it literally one time more, then did you accomplish it? So really it's mainly specificity. Got it. Now, the... How often are you holding 411s with the people that you coach? So they're weekly meetings. How long? Half an hour. Half hour. Why a half hour? Uh, well, technically 25 minutes, so I can have a five-minute break between them. <laughs> ah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's the goal. So half an hour because anything more than that, we're probably fluffing. Mm-hmm. And anything less than that, honestly, just not enough time to, to talk about the meat of it a lot of the time. What do you mean by fluffing? chatting or getting into detail. A lot of the time we get lost in detail and my job isn't to ask questions to understand every little detail. The person that um, that I'm holding accountable should know the detail and be able to sift through that on their own. So we, we see this a lot because people will schedule meetings for an hour, right? And it doesn't always take that much time. Mm-hmm. So what's the mindset that someone has to have coming into a 411, whether it's with their boss, their coach, how should they be thinking about this specific meeting? Before they come in, it needs to be a time that they actually respect. Um, When I'm explaining what a 411 meeting is to a new uh, client, I explain it as a CEO meeting. And so I ask the question, like, if you had a corporate job before, which most of them have, and I say, your CEO says they're coming to town, she wants to meet with you, um, and she tells you what time the meeting is, are you going to be late? No. Are you going to be on your phone? No. Right? And, And this is actually a meeting with the CEO of your business, which is you. So... You have to treat it with respect the same way you would treat someone else's business with respect. And a lot of the time, people don't respect their own time in business as much as they would respect someone else's. 
Why do you think that is? Because uh, respecting someone else's business is to be accountable to someone else. And it's just easier to be accountable to someone else. No matter how much of a self-accountable person you are, we are (laughs) always more accountable to other people. You said something that um, I just want to emphasize and I'll ask it as a question. If If we followed you around with a camera and just documented your every move, which would we see respecting more? The commitments you make to yourself or the commitments that you make to others? The meetings that you have with yourself or the meetings that you have with others? I think, I mean, you've witnessed this working with people. We've witnessed it as well. It's, it's easy. Um, social pressures, politics. It's easy to say no to ourself and to say yes to everyone else without ever asking, what's the thing that actually matters most? Am I really saying yes to the things that matter most? Yeah. Well, and just by following someone around with a camera, they're going to perform much better <laughs> that day than they would have on a regular day because there's accountability there. Yeah. Right? Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So 411, it's a tool. It gives them clarity on their priorities for the year, for the month, for the week. They fill it out. They bring it every single week. They mm-hmm. update it every week, right? Yep. Yep. And they sit down with a person who holds a 411. What's your mindset being on the other side, the person coaching them? So for somebody who's listening to this, whether they have a team, whether they coach people, if they want to start holding 411s with other people, what does that look like? So mindset-wise, the absolute most important piece is to stay out of judgment, which is also the absolute hardest piece. You know, whether it's someone that's reporting to you or it's like a peer accountability session. As humans, we are just judging machines and that's integral to our survival. So that's not a bad thing. And yet judgment doesn't serve you or the person that you're talking to in those meetings. So mindset is curious. Hmm. The other thing I want to talk about is how you actually prepare for a 411, which Spoiler alert, for those of you who are in our membership community, Living Your One Thing, we put a full-blown training video in the community. We're having Amanda Horvath, who's one of our local Austinites, a Living Your One Thing member, sit down with Claire, and Claire is going to coach her, and you're going to watch what an actual 411 looks like. We're videoing the whole thing. You can go and access it in your training platform. And if you're not in Living Your One Thing, you can check it out by going to theonething.com, click on the train tab. You'll see it there. It's our community that the entire 411 is based on. So you definitely want to check it out. So I'm curious, how do you prepare for 411s with your people? So what I do is my clients, their 411 is due to me um, every Monday morning by a certain time. And uh, that's along with a prep form. So I have a form that they fill out and it actually has questions that are mainly geared to cause them to be introspective and think about the past week that they've had. And that helps me judge where they are in their mindset, if they had a great week and we're going to come in probably with high energy, um, or if they feel like they weren't nailing Mm -hmm. their 20% and maybe they're feeling down or frustrated or whatever it is. I heard a great quote from Gene Rivers, which is standards without consequences are merely suggestions. Mm-hmm. I heard you say their 411 along with a prep sheet is due by a certain time. Mm-hmm. What happens if they don't get it to you by then? So what happens is I remind them that I'm not able to be effective for them at the same level that I would have been if they had turned it in. And I think part of the challenging thing with holding people accountable is constantly reminding them that it's for them, not for me. Mm. Right, Me holding them accountable does not serve me. It serves them. 
I'm holding them accountable to their goals. So what it looks like, the consequences that we waste precious time, right? If we only have 25 minutes and I'm spending time picking up their prep form that they brought that I have not seen prior to them coming in, then I'm spending time reading it and then I'm having to think about it and it's just wasted time. Hmm. So that the conversation in itself is a consequence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because sometimes we think, oh, consequence, like this, this negative connotation. But yeah. when you just said that, it kind of had a light feeling, which also made me go, oh, wow, I do care about this. This does actually matter to me. And it wasn't like you brought your club in and started bringing it to town. You yeah. just reinforced that this is actually about me mm-hmm. or them. Yeah. Consequence is a neutral word. Mm-hmm. Is your job to tell them what should be on the 411? No, my job is to help them understand what's actually going to get them to their goal uh, and what's not. How do you do that? So lots of questions. Really, that's the vast majority of what the 411 is, is asking effective questions to help them think, um, sometimes to help them self-discover. Sometimes my questions are for my understanding, right? They're clarifying questions. But a lot of it really is just helping them understand what should be on there. I'm putting myself in the shoes of a person who's listening to this or watching this, and they're going, okay, I want to hold effective 411s. I'm mm-hmm. hearing you say I need to be able to ask effective questions. What if I don't know how to? What did that journey look like for you? That journey looked like not understanding how to ask effective questions (laughs) to begin with. So initially, once I understood that I was supposed to be asking questions, I started asking questions all the time. And I did that in an ineffective way in two different ways. The first way was to ask people questions where they did not know the answer. So sometimes we need to teach people things. Sometimes people genuinely don't know the answer, right? Um, And so if I'm like helping you self-discover something that's not inside of you to self-discover, we're not going to get anywhere. And sometimes I just need to tell you the answer. If you're not sure how something works, if this is like a technical conversation, something like that. So that's not a time to ask questions. And then the other place that I was really failing is I was asking really leading questions. So I had an answer that I wanted you to give me, and I asked you a question to set you up to give me that answer, Mm. and that does not feel good to you, and thus, it does not help us move forward. Got it. So I I heard two things. One is you can go from where I think most people are, which is they tell more Mm -hmm. than they ask, right? You can go from that end of the spectrum to all of a sudden the complete other, where you're just asking questions all the time, especially if it's a question that they just don't have the answer. You just need to guide them. In those cases. So that's one. And then two is kind of like you were saying, not coming in with judgment, not necessarily leading them. Yeah. Because your answer is an answer may not be the only answer. Right. Yeah. That's really good. What else have you done to increase your mastery in terms of the the questions that you ask? Really going deep and especially digging for motivation because something that can happen frequently in a 411 is a conversation about how this thing would be good to do. Uh, I can see why it would be good to do it. Yes, I'll do it. And then week after week, we're not actually accomplishing that activity. How long do you allow a person to show up with a 411 and not see movement before the conversation changes? So the conversation would change every week. It's just going to intensify over time. So this didn't happen um, one first week. Okay, well, let's talk about that. What kept it from happening? What can we do differently? Great. Second week, this didn't happen again. So 
you know, in line with the 411, we're not letting ourselves off the hook for the previous. So now we're compounding, right? Now, for example, if you needed to do a certain activity X number of times and you haven't done it, instead of just saying, I'm going to do it this week, now we have multiple weeks to make up for that lack of activity. Mm -hmm. And so now the stress starts building typically because we have extra work to do. And then the following week, it's really, let's stop and talk about what actually made this important. If it's not getting done, then the pain of doing it is outweighing the pain um, or the pleasure of actually accomplishing it. So should this be on here? Hmm. I feel like for a lot of people, they have um, an interesting relationship with the word accountability. Mm -hmm. For some people, uh, they immediately go to, oh, that's micromanagement. Mm -hmm. Some people want to get up and do jumping jacks. They're so excited. Mm -hmm. What does accountability mean to you? So when I talk about accountability, I explain that it's really holding someone able. So accountable, if you take that word and just take off the beginning, we're left with the word able. And you know, we talk about if, if you weren't capable of achieving a goal, you wouldn't be able to dream of it to begin with. So you're able to do this. I'm just going to hold you able to the activities that's going to get you there. Hmm. What do you say to people who, when they hear this, they go, oh, the, the 411, it must just be this very uncomfortable type of meeting. Like, I don't want to submit myself to that every single week. That probably tells me that that person has a lot of inward judgment. Say more. Well, sometimes I will get feedback like, oh, in our last four one, I just felt so bad afterward. And I'm like, well, and I want to clarify, was I making you feel bad? And the answer is usually, no, you weren't making me feel bad. I was just having to come to terms with the things that I did and didn't do. So Mm. usually when someone's having that reaction, it's because of their own judgment on themselves. Yeah. The other thing I'll say, it it depends on who you're meeting your 411 with. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's absolutely a personality thing. Like I just knowing you, you are, which side of the intensity scale would you be? The low end or the high end? Mm -hmm. High. Yeah. So um, one of the things I like about her is that you, you, you know how to turn up the heat and really put people in an uncomfortable place because that's where often the growth is. Is that every single conversation? Nope. Is that every single coach? No. And it's not every single client. So a good coach is going to understand which clients can handle high intensity. Yeah. I have some people that would love for me to call them multiple times a day and like yell at them. I had someone (laughs) who literally a year or two ago, she was like, just think about this like it's the military. That's what I want from you. And so when I would speak to her in front of other people, I would turn to those people and say, I don't normally talk like this. Right. But that's how that she received that positively. Mm-hmm. So it's it's being able to be flexible to who you're talking yeah. to. So for, for people who are watching or listening, I just want you to have the understanding that um, it depends on who you're meeting with. And the truth is, this can be a very comfortable conversation. If you're the type of person who follows the steps on how to do a 411, if you just sit down and, and get real clear, okay, what are my priorities for this year in my professional and personal life? The handful of priorities, not everything, the handful that are going to generate the majority of the results. And then you say, great, what do I have to do this month to be on track for the year? And you make sure that they're specific, they're activity-driven, they're in order of priority, and then you identify the things you must do this week. And if you're the type of person who does what you say you're going to do, a 411 is an amazing conversation. It's a collaboration. It's a yeah. partnership. The The challenge, I love what you said here, Claire, is if it's a negative experience, it's probably because they're not showing up as the type of person who's willing to do what needs to be done to get what they want. Mm-hmm. And this is not the surprisingly simple truth behind ordinary results. It's the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary 
results. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who's, they're watching this, they're listening to this, and they're going, yeah, this sounds interesting, but I'm not sure. What questions would you ask them to help them self-discover whether this is a fit? I would ask them to look at uh, goals that they have set and compare where they are to where they wanted to be. And then? And then the answer is going to help inform whether their system is working for them. Mm. And maybe their system is working for them. But again, that question has to be asked without judgment. Ah. So I can't assume that because someone isn't using this tool or a similar tool or whatever, that they're not accomplishing their goals. So I'm going to ask that. Um, And then we should also look at the goal and say, okay, are you meeting your goals? Maybe the answer is yes. And could you have been meeting even bigger goals? Hmm. Do you do this with your husband? Yes. What does that look like? It looks like Sunday night at six (laughs) o'clock. We sit down and we do our 411s for the week. And ours look very different. He's really focused right now on becoming uh, more systematic in his approach to life. And and right now I'm really focused on, outside of business, I'm really focused on health and wellness. Mm. And so ours have really different things on them. What unexpected benefits have you encountered as a result of just doing them together? I think it gets us on the same page. What I have found coaching clients in my organization is that most of the time when you have one person who's really goal-oriented and they have a spouse that even may be goal-oriented but isn't in the same environment, isn't using the same tools, isn't talking the same language, typically we see that there starts being this division and so just speaking the same language is really, really helpful, I think. Yeah, uh, it's, it's been one of the interesting things behind our couple's goal-setting retreat mm-hmm. and courses. Seeing people go through this, very rarely are, are both partners equally intense goal-setters, equally ambitious. We're always, we're always different. And whether that's a, a significant other in your personal life, whether it's a business partner, a yeah. boss, a team member, just the act of sitting down on a regular basis to, to talk about what really matters most in each of your lives mm-hmm. and to gain insight, it's, it's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and it also gives us the chance to find out how we can help each other. Because in my coaching sessions with my clients, right, there's no reciprocity. And there shouldn't be. There's nothing wrong with that. It's mm-hmm. my job to coach them. But in my marriage, um, it's definitely my spouse's job to help me. And it's my job to help him. So. Yeah. So for somebody who wants to get started doing a 411, what should they do? Hmm, Get started with your business plan or personal plan for the year. Really identify just the one thing that you want to do. Because I think, you know, when it's time, when a a new year comes, what I oftentimes see people do is, is put together a collection of small goals or small activities they want. And they try and like force that into a package that doesn't actually relate like, I want to do these things and these things and these things. And they aren't actually all working towards a common goal. So figure out the thing that's going to get you the big result that you want. Does somebody have to have one goal or a business plan to do a 411? Or does that just power the 411? No, it just powers it. You can put things on there. But there's a powerful synergy that happens when you can look at your 411 and know that everything that's on there is helping you achieve a greater goal. Yeah. 
And when we teach this in our goal setting course in the retreat, the idea of going out someday from now and having a sense of what you want life to look like in the areas of your life that matter most, to have a sense of what you want your life to look like five years from now, your five-year goals, your one-year goals. Once you have a sense of where you're going from a goal standpoint, that's when you can then drive your 411, which we're getting out of goal mode and we're getting into the priorities. And like Claire said, are they specific? Are they measurable? Are they time-bound? We're not looking for the result. We're looking for the activity because we don't get out of a meeting and go, what results should I be accomplishing right now? We ask, what should I be doing? Yeah. Activities are the language of our thoughts, not necessarily the results. As somebody starts to go through this journey, what's the mistake that they're likely to make that they could easily avoid? I would say putting too much on their 411. A lot of the people that I coach reach a point where they're not succeeding on their 411 on a regular basis, and it's because there's too much on there. And uh, I just had an experience. I'm on the phone with someone that I coach, and we just went back to her annual plan. And I said, okay, well, are you actually going to do this thing? She's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't know why I put that on there. It sounded great at the time, Hmm. right? Lots of things sound great at the time, but are you actually committed to doing it? No. And is it necessary in order for you to hit your goal? Not really. Didn't matter. And we just went through really every single item and we ended up cutting the vast majority of what was on there. And it boiled down to like two things Hmm. that she really needed to do. We left more than two on there. But at the end of the day, right, there was one main thing, the one thing that was going to get her the results. And then there were some supporting activities. Yeah. I love that. I love that. We, we always ask the question, is this a to-do list or is this a must-do list? Yeah. Like, is this the stuff that you're really committed to getting done? I, I get the laundry list. I get that that's the nice to have, but what's, where are you making a stand? Walk us through how you live with this. Is it just digital? Is it just printed? What does that look like? So for me, it's printed. I update it every Sunday evening. And the the mistake that I made for a long time is I was only looking at it one day a week. Mm. And so what what happens when you only look at it one day a week is you get to the end of the week and realize you didn't do any of the stuff that was on it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's too late. The week is over. And then you have to carry all the stuff you didn't do over to the week that's to come. And that's you know overwhelming because now I have to do twice as much as I was supposed to do last week and I didn't do any of it last week. So now I look at it every day. And um, I have reminders that go off on my phone. That's how I organize my entire life is my phone tells me what to do. And the first one is to write out my gratitude and affirmations for the morning. My second thing is to look at my 411. And my my to-do list for the day is based on my um, must-do or success list for that week. Hmm. And those are the things that get prioritized first. What do you say to somebody? Because I experienced this last week, actually. Um, I was uh, speaking at a conference and my coach was there. And it was Wednesday and she just said, how's it going on your 411? And I whipped it out and I was like, not good, not good. Because I hadn't moved the ball at all and the things that matter most. She said, well, what's on your planner between now and the end of the week? And I was going, well, I've got all of these things. And like, they're things that just, quote, can't be moved. Mm-hmm. What do you say to those people? That have a whole bunch of stuff on their calendar that's keeping them from doing the things that actually matter. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'm not saying what I ended up doing because I want to hear your response first. My response to that is... So example, so if you end up finishing the year and you let your wife down on this thing that the two of you committed to doing with each other, but you did go to that friend's baby shower 
do feel like that will be worth it? Hmm. No. So what's our next step? Say no to the baby shower. And how are you going to do that? I'm going to call them. Okay. When will you call? Later. Okay. So what, what happened with my coach is she goes, well, what are you doing the rest of the day? I was like, well, I'm sitting in all these sessions. There's all the other people speaking. And then I've got this dinner thing tonight. She goes, oh, how many hours between now and the dinner? I was like, four. She goes, what matters more? The priorities that you said matter most or sitting and listening to those people? Mm-hmm. And I was like that. She goes, cool, go back to your hotel room. And then she told everybody else at our, in our coaching company was at the event that if they saw me come out, they had to take pictures of me and then text it to her. <laughs> which my social butterfly felt crushed. Oh. So um, for people who are watching or listening to this, if, if you want to go through how you get this done, go to the one thing.com. That's with the number one in the URL. Click on the training tab in the very near future. So you can get the 411 on the free stuff tab revision. You can get the 411 there. And in the very, very near future, when you click on the training tab, you will see trainings on how to actually do a full-blown 411 that will live there. And if you find yourself sitting in the position where you're going, I don't have an accountability partner for this, or you know, I'm not ready to invest in a coach, start by doing it yourself. The focusing question of the book is, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? Can you just start doing a 411 with yourself? And if you go to the one thing.com and go to the training page, you'll see stuff there that will actually help you begin the journey yourself. Bottom line is, you got to get started. What should people know before we wrap this up? I would say that the 411 is designed by you, executed by you, and really just there for you. And a lot of the time, it doesn't feel that way, especially if you're in an environment where um, you're reporting to someone or something like that. And as long as you're doing the 411 properly, everything should be aligned so that through what's on the 411, you're accomplishing your goals. And if those goals are related to someone that you're working with, then you're all on the same page. Yeah. Well, what I love that you said there is it's yours. I didn't hear you say, go ask your boss what your priorities are for the year, for the month for the week. This is about you learning how to think, you declaring that these are my priorities, and then having that conversation with that accountability partner, whether it's a boss, a coach, a coworker, and them playing coach, asking great questions to test the way that you think. That's good. Well, if you feel like you do not have that person in your world, um, we do have One Thing Coaching available. If you go to the onething.com and click on the training tab, you'll see it all there, and these are people very much like Claire, that their job is to interrogate this on a weekly basis with you to make sure that you have absolute clarity on the things that matter most and that you're actually accomplishing the goals that you set out to achieve. So Claire, thank you so much for being on here. Thanks for having me. Well, there you have it. My conversation with Claire Boney. Folks, the, the next step, getting into action, you've got a few options. First, if you have not downloaded the 411 yet, go to the onething.com, click on the free stuff page, download it. On the training page, you will see Living Your One Thing, which is our membership community. 
all driven around the 411. In the very near future, we will have a dedicated 411 course available for you. You definitely want to check it out. And for those of you who are thinking, I really want to have somebody who can have these types of conversations with me, on the training page at theonething.com, you can learn about The One Thing Coaching. This is having a coach just like Claire who can sit down with you every single week for 30 minutes and really ask you great questions to ensure you just have incredible clarity on the things that matter most and so much more. It is the one thing our entire Living Your One Thing membership community is based around this. When we go into corporations to do training, we say the one thing that would make this a success is if your people started having weekly 411s. If you are not doing a 411 weekly, not if you haven't done it ever, if you are not doing it weekly, ask yourself the question, what would be different in my life if every week I had absolute clarity on my priorities and I actually did those things? Everything that you want out of life becomes possible. It starts with this lead domino. Go to theonething.com and get started today.